It is so good to see all of you today. Before I begin speaking to you, I want to speak to the Lord. And I want to say, Jesus, this is your day. This is your day to shine. Every day is your day. But this is the day we set aside specifically to recognize you and to say that we appreciate the sacrifice that you did for us. Praise your name forever, Lord Jesus. Welcome to our 2023 Easter celebration and communion. Each year on Easter Sunday in this church, we pause whatever regular series or regular topic we're going through or we've been discussing to celebrate communion together. It's not the only time to celebrate communion, of course, but there's no better time for the church to celebrate communion than Easter Sunday. As we have just seen from the children's ministry, Easter is all about Jesus. There's other stuff we do, I know, and I appreciate it. Easter eggs and chocolate bunnies and all the rest. But Easter is all about Jesus. It's his day. It's his day to shine. It's his day to be recognized. And communion is all about Jesus. All about his death and resurrection. Easter is all about his death and resurrection. Communion is all about remembering his death and resurrection. Therefore, what better time for a church to celebrate communion than Easter? Amen? I'm just going to give a very brief devotional related to Holy Communion, and then we'll share in communion together. Let's begin. Easter is a recognition of the final few days of Jesus' earthly ministry. You saw the visual of that today. And in the children's minds, they wanted to have communion after their play because they thought the visual of Jesus' crucifixion would make communion all the more special to us. And I think they're right. Specifically, what we recognize at Easter is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A lot happened on that first Easter weekend, although, of course, it wasn't known as Easter then. His death we recognize on Good Friday. His burial, his body in the tomb is observed on Saturday. And then, of course, his resurrection, raised from the dead, death to life again. That's what we're celebrating here today. There's joy in the house of the Lord because, and only because, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. If he was still in the tomb, if he was still in the tomb, there's no reason for joy. There's no reason for celebration, but he's alive, and he raised from the dead. Prior to all the events we saw unfolding in the play, all these events of the crucifixion, the death, the burial, the resurrection, there was a supper. There was a meal. Jesus ate together with his disciples. And it has become historically significant and very important to the church. We know it as the Last Supper. This celebration we call communion today has its origins in that meal we know as the Last Supper then. It's the last earthly meal Jesus ever shared with his disciples before he was crucified. It was, of course, very special to Jesus 
The account in Luke says that Jesus eagerly desired to eat his meal, eat this meal with his disciples. And it was so special, it was such a special time that he asked his then disciples and his followers now to replicate this throughout history, throughout the remainder of time, and to do this in remember of him, in remembrance of him. Do what? Communion, what we call communion. This happened on the Thursday, the evening before the Friday on which Jesus was crucified. Here briefly is the account, some of the details of that last meal given to us by the Apostle Paul, speaking to the Corinthian church. On the night he was betrayed, that's Thursday, at the Last Supper, the Lord Jesus took some bread. He gave thanks to God. He broke it in pieces and he said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The bread, of course, represents the body of Jesus. The bread in communion represents the body of Jesus, which was broken, which was sacrificed on the cross for us, which you so profoundly saw a few moments ago. In the same way, Jesus took the cup of wine, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The juice, we do not use real wine here. The juice represents the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross that brought remission and forgiveness of sins for us. You know he did not die for his own sins. He was tempted in all ways as we, but without sin. He died that horrible death that you saw portrayed here, Jesus died that death for you, for me, for my sins. You didn't put the nails in his hands or, or in his feet, but you put him on the cross with your sin, and so did I. But then he said, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. We're forgiven. His blood now cleanses us from all sin. The juice will represent the blood. For every time you eat this bread, every time you drink this cup, every time you have communion, you are announcing or you are acknowledging the Lord's death until he comes again. And so on that Thursday night, before all these events took place, at that last meal, that supper, last time they would eat together, earthly speaking, just before he would be crucified, died, and buried, the practice, the ordinance that we now call Communion in the church was originated. So what we are about to do in a moment flows directly from that last supper, the Thursday night before Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This time of communion, this Easter time of communion is to celebrate. It's to acknowledge what Jesus did for us through his death, through his resurrection. Now there's forgiveness of sin. Now there's reconciliation of man to God. It was for us he died and resurrected. We owe so much to Jesus. We owe our lives here. We owe our eternal life to Jesus. Without him, we would have neither life here, at least any kind of quality, or eternal life with him. Today's your day, Lord Jesus. We're celebrating you. It's your day to shine. And in this place... We accept, we recognize you, and we accept, and we appreciate your sacrifice for us. Without further ado, 
we'll move into celebrating communion together. So while I give some instructions for communion, I'd like the elders who are going to help us serve to move to the table in the back. Some instructions for communion. Anyone who eats this bread, this is Paul still talking to the Corinthian church. Anyone who eats this bread, drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of Christ, of the Lord. That is why, before you take communion, you should examine yourself. Instructions. Here at CCF, Columbia Christian Fellowship, we have an open communion table. Meaning simply that anyone here today, regular worshiper with us, visitor with us, if you have professed faith in Christ, if you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you are welcome to join with us in the table of the Lord. You are welcome to take communion with us. We welcome you. A gentle warning. It's on the screen behind me. These are not my words. This is not my idea. Let every person examine themselves. Let us examine ourselves before we partake of the bread and the juice. It is advisable not to enter into communion lightly. This is not a warning to disqualify or to condemn. This is a warning to, to give us pause to give us opportunity for some honest evaluation of our lives. It's an opportunity to check with the Lord, how have I been doing? Have I let anything slip? Do I have sin that I'm just taking lightly, that I'm not taking care of? It's an opportunity to see where actually we are in our walk with the Lord in these days. How is our relationship with the Lord? Honest evaluation of ourselves. But it's not to condemn and it's not to disqualify. It's so that if we find something in our lives that shouldn't be there, we can confess it. We can get it taken care of in the moment. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. He will forgive our sins. That's why he went to the cross. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as you prepare yourself to take communion and you begin to examine your life and your walk with the Lord and a red flag pops up, simply confess it. Get it under the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Let him take care of it. T take care of it. And then you're ready to partake. Then we're ready to partake together. Again, it's not an examination to disqualify or keep us from communion but to qualify and allow us to freely join in with a clear conscience. Children. Children of any age are welcome to participate in communion. However, we do ask the parents or the guardians to make sure as much as possible your children understand what we're doing. They're not going to understand all the theological implications of it. Who does? Just as long as they know that it's important and it's not a joke and it's not something to just run up and eat some bread and drink some juice. So now the elders that are serving, will you gather the elements and please come forward?
For this particular communion service, the juice and the bread are combined in one cup, so there'll just be one tray going back and forth. You peel off the top, and there'll be a wafer, and then there's juice. Hold, hold the elements until we all are served, and uh, then I'll come back up, and we'll eat and drink together. But let me pray. Again, Lord Jesus, here in this church, we acknowledge you. We exalt you above all, all other gods, small g. We exalt you, Lord Jesus. And we want to say again, unashamedly, we appreciate your sacrifice for us on the cross. And we are doing this today in remembrance of you. And we are proclaiming your death, burial, and resurrection for us today through this visual, this action of communion. Father, would you bless each person here richly. Make yourself known to us. Grant us an awareness of your presence as we celebrate communion together. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Ron, you can start the music.